Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. Good morning. Everybody doing well today? That doesn't sound too convincing here. Good morning, everybody online. How are you guys doing? Good morning. Oh, whoa, that was good. Hey, we got an exciting topic this morning. Last week was a little intense, so we get to lighten up a little bit. It'll be, you know, a good topic, but a challenging one at the same time. Let me begin with this. I want you to think about this in your mind. Are you excited about the prospect of heaven? Like, really pumped about it. Yeah, there's a little bit of a chuckle going on there. I think the sad truth is that for many Christians, they're not truly excited about heaven, probably because it's sort of hard for us to envision what heaven is all about, right? And so as a result, we end up more concerned, more interested in things of this earth than heavenly things. And that's too bad. I honestly think we've been sold kind of a bad bill of goods about heaven. And we don't understand, we don't realize how ridiculously cool, how incredible how much better than earth heaven is going to be. And so we're in this series called Next Level, and it's all about living the best life possible by doing life with God and pursuing his blessings, okay, in this life and the next. And today I want to talk about the fact that as cool as things can be here on heaven, or here on earth rather, as great as things can be here on earth, God's best, God's best is reserved for us in heaven. So we ought to be stoked about it. We ought to be pumped about heaven. But I don't think it's going to happen if we have these vague misconceptions of what heaven's all about. And so today, we're going to talk about what's going to be in heaven, how we get to heaven, and then finally, how should we live our lives once we know we're going to heaven. So if you have your outline, I want you to get it out. You need to write these down. I'm going to force you to fill in the blanks this morning, okay? You're going to have to think a little. Five wonderful things that you will experience in heaven. Let's dive in here. The first thing you're going to experience in heaven is a reunion with every other believer. Like all those people that I love who know the Lord. When we get to heaven, we're going to party together, okay? We're going to be reunited. The Bible says this, Jesus died for us so that we can live, how? Together with him. See, there's going to be a reunion. God will gather all of us together with him. So who's going to be in heaven? All right, good question. Glad you asked. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, obviously they're going to be in heaven. The angels are going to be in heaven. The church of Jesus Christ is going to be in heaven. All those who have put their trust in Jesus and also all the people in the Old Testament who believed in the coming Messiah before Jesus got here, they're going to be in heaven. See, we look back to the Messiah, but they looked forward to a Messiah. And just so you know, people in the Old Testament are saved the same way as we've always been saved, as people today are saved, by faith in Jesus. They just looked ahead to this coming Savior, and we look back to the Savior. Hebrews 12 says this, you have come to the heavenly Jerusalem, that's heaven, the city of the living God. You've come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all men, and to the spirits of righteous men made perfect. 
all believers of all time are going to be there in heaven. Now, I want you to think for a moment about those individuals that you've known here on earth, individuals that you have dearly loved who are Christians but have passed away, okay? Just take a moment and think about that. Think about the individuals in your life that you have known who are Christians, but they've already gone home to be with the Lord. And now, I want you to think about that moment, okay, that very moment when you arrive there in heaven, when you are reunited with them, like the first time you see them there. I mean, how awesome is that going to be, people? They're going to be waiting for you like you would wait for a loved one at an airport, right? Except they're not going to need the sign, okay? It says, Jill, I'm like, Jill, is that you? Okay. Every once in a while, I will have somebody ask me, are we going to recognize people in heaven? And I'm like, yes, of course we're going to recognize people. And I think where that question comes from is the simple fact that we realize we're going to have perfect glorified bodies in heaven. So you know what that means? We're all going to be good looking, okay? <laughs> yeah. And so I think that throws people. Like they're going to go up to someone and go, hey, Brian, is that you, man? You clean up well. Like what, what's going on here? Right? I don't know. But for some reason, people ask that question. Of course, we're going to recognize each other in heaven. What a glorious reunion. That's the first blessing you have to look forward to. All those people that you've loved, all those people in the family of God, we're going to be reunited together. All right. Second thing you're going to experience in heaven, write this down. It's rewards. Rewards. You say, what are those rewards going to be based upon? Everything. I mean, literally everything. This book right here, the Bible, says God is watching every single thing in your life. I believe you're going to be rewarded for all your thoughts that were good, your words that were good, your actions that were good. You're going to be rewarded for your character, right? You're going to be rewarded for generosity, for prayers, for selfless service, for sacrifice. You'll be rewarded for your persistence in not giving up when you felt like giving up on doing the right thing. I mean, I could go on and on and on. The Bible says you're going to be rewarded for bringing people to Jesus. You know, I want that reward for each and every one of you. I mean, is anyone going to be in heaven because of you? If not, reach out, invite somebody to church, befriend a coworker, get to know a neighbor, start investing in people. Now, next week, Jason's going to talk about some very specific rewards that the Bible mentions that are going to be for certain individuals, okay? But the Bible also says that you're going to be rewarded for putting up with criticism, putting up with persecution for being a Christian. Matthew 5, 11 to 12. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. God says, I'm watching it all, and I'm going to reward it all. Now, keep in mind, this has nothing to do with your eternal destiny, your salvation, the only way you get into heaven is by putting your faith in Jesus. You can't earn your way into heaven by good works. But the Bible says that Christians will receive rewards according to their good works on earth. Let me show you a couple verses. I could literally give you hundreds. The Bible says, if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. You know, I think about all the rewards our children's ministry volunteers are going to get, right? One day in heaven, every diaper that they've changed, 
Every graham cracker they give a child, you know, every, every time they wipe a snotty nose, whatever, okay? God's going, I'm writing that down. I'm writing it down. Even a cup of cold water. Some versions say one, one of the little ones, like it's for children here. Even a cup of cold water. Hmm. How about one more? Bible says you'll be rewarded for loving your enemies. Hmm. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great. Folks, here's the thing you got to decide. Do you want your rewards in this life or in the next? I mean, if you get the rewards in this life, the popularity, wealth, fame, all that stuff, and that's what you live for, you get to enjoy it for how long? 80, 90 years? But if you store up treasure and rewards in heaven, you get to enjoy it for how long? Forever. See, it's all a matter of perspective. You have to decide. Am I going to live for today? Like the pleasure, popularity, power, possessions in this life? Or am I going to live for something I get to enjoy for all eternity? There will be amazing rewards in heaven. Right, a third thing you're going to experience in heaven is responsibilities. Folks, can I just say, you're, you're not just going to sit up on a cloud all day long playing a harp, doing nothing, okay? It's not going to be like that. That's actually one of the reasons I think people don't look forward to heaven. They don't like the idea of heaven. Because they're like, it's going to be so boring up there. Like, what are we going to do? Are you kidding me? First of all, think about this. God is the one who wired you. God shaped you. Where do you think you got your interests? Where do you think you got your hobbies, your, your skills, your talents? I mean, where do you think you got your spiritual gift, your heart, your abilities, your personality, your experiences? All of that came from God. And you think he's just going to use that here on earth, and that's going to be it? No way. God is going to use your uniqueness for all of eternity. I mean, there will be music in heaven. There will be engineering in heaven. There will be exploration in heaven. Heaven is a restoration of the way God intended things to be in the beginning in the Garden of Eden. You will have work in eternity. But here's the big difference. You're going to enjoy it, like all of it. Here's the difference. There's going to be no heartache in it. You will be 100% fulfilled. Your roles and responsibilities in heaven, they're going to be meaningful. They're going to be enjoyable. Now you say, well, what are those roles and responsibilities going to be for, for me, for you, Brian? I don't know. But I do know this, according to the Bible, it's going to be based on how faithful we were with the roles and responsibilities God gave us here on earth. The Bible says God is watching us. God is testing us. And if we make the most of what he's given us, one day he's going to say, I'll give you even more in heaven. But if we don't make the most of what we've been given, he's going to say, well, you're going to get less in heaven. Okay, I mean, you make it in, but you're not going to have the same rewards as those who faithfully serve Christ. And I didn't say that. Jesus did. Luke 16. If you are faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. If you're faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. But if you're dishonest in little things, talking about stuff here on earth, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities one day in heaven. And if you're untrustworthy about worldly wealth, that's the money, possession, stuff God gives you here on earth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And the bottom line is this, God is watching. 
He's watching the way you manage your money, your time, your talents, your relationships, your opportunities in this life. And your responsibilities in heaven are going to be based on how well you stewarded your resources on earth. And trust me, God doesn't give cheap rewards that you won't want anyway. Whatever those greater responsibilities are, they will be highly desirable. All right, write this down. Fourth thing you'll experience in heaven is rest. Boy, that one sounds really good sometimes. Can I get an amen? Anybody else? Rest in heaven. Yeah. Revelation 14, 13. Blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on. They are blessed indeed, for they will rest from their hard work, for their good deeds follow them. Whoa. Heaven is a place of rest and reward for good works. I personally come from a long line of type A, very driven personalities. I can remember whenever someone would try to get one of my uncles to slow down and relax, what they would always say is this, I'll rest enough when I'm dead, right? How many of you have heard that one before? Okay, turns out it's a lot more biblical than I realized, okay? It's right here. Yeah. Is that exactly what God had in mind? See, when God's talking about rest, he's talking about, hey, you're not under the burden of the curse anymore. Like, you're going to enjoy your roles, your responsibilities. Your work is going to be a delight, not some arduous duty. All right, one more thing. I got a fifth one here. A fifth thing you're going to experience in heaven is rejoicing. I mean, we're going to worship in heaven. We're going to fellowship in heaven. We're going to celebrate in heaven. We're going to love God in heaven. We're going to encourage and enjoy each other in heaven. We are going to party in heaven, okay? Bible says this, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a few things. See how this pays off? What you did on earth. Now I will put you in charge of many things. And here's the key. Enter into the joy of your master. Hmm. Enter into the joy, Jesus says. Rejoice. You know, the Bible says that in eternity, we're actually going to share in the glory of Christ. Poof. Bible also says that for some people, they will get the reward of reigning, co-reigning with Jesus over the millennial kingdom. How awesome is that going to be? So heaven will be a place of reunion. Heaven's going to be a place of rewards. Heaven's going to be a place with responsibilities. Heaven's going to be a place of rest. And heaven is going to be a place of rejoicing. And let me tell you, we are put here on earth to practice all those things we're going to do one day in heaven. Like we're gonna love God and each other in heaven. Let's practice that here. We're gonna serve God in heaven. We're gonna believe God in heaven. We're gonna honor God in heaven. So what does God want you to do while you're still here on earth? Practice, practice. So when you get to heaven, you know what you're doing. Okay, let me take a quick little aside here and address a crucial question. How do I get to heaven? See, I don't want to assume that everyone in here knows the answer correctly to this question. A couple passages for you here. First of all, Romans 1.17 says, this good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. You want to know how to get right with God? This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. See, heaven is perfect and I'm not. So how do I get there? 
Well, first I admit that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. God, I can't earn my way. I can't work my way into heaven. I've blown it. I'm a sinner. Heaven is perfect and I'm not. And second, I I recognize that Jesus died on the cross to pay for all my imperfections. And most importantly, that he promises eternal life to all those who will simply trust in him for it. Bible says this, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. I mean, how simple is that? That is God's promise. Probably familiar with John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Let me ask you, who's involved in whosoever? Trick question, whosoever, okay? Yeah, anyone. And everyone, whosoever, that means no matter what you've done, who you did it with, where you did it, for how long you did it, whosoever believes in him shall not perish, shall not go to hell, but have everlasting life. We say it all the time around here, salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. It's that simple. The key term is alone. It is by grace alone, meaning it's a free gift. You can't and you don't and you won't do anything to earn it. And it's by faith in Christ alone. Meaning you simply believe that Jesus is the one who guarantees forgiveness and eternal life. That's it. It's that simple. Even a child can believe and enter into God's kingdom. Okay. So we've covered these wonderful things you're going to experience in heaven. We've talked about how to get to heaven. One more crucial question we've got to address. How should I live on earth since I know I'm going to heaven? See, once you believe in Jesus as your Savior, once you put your faith in Jesus, you can be 100% sure you are going to heaven. And you know what that does for me? (laughs) It makes me a lot less stressed, like more at peace than everyone else. Like I don't have to get all uptight about getting my due here on earth. Why? Because I'm only here for 80, 90 years. So I can go through life saying, so what? All right, so what if life isn't fair? So what if it doesn't work out all the way I want it to? I'm only here for a short while. And I can put up with anything if I know there's a purpose behind it. And this book right here says, God promises, hey, whatever's going on in your life, Brian, there's a purpose behind it. I'm going to work it together for good. Your job is just to respond well to whatever comes your way. And if I do that, God will bless. God will honor that. So let me give you three things you should do since you know you're going to heaven. Write these down. First of all, don't be distracted by temptation. I like what Peter says here. This is 1 Peter 2.11. I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners. That's the way you ought to think about yourself here on earth. That's the way Peter addresses you temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful. Friends, the the ultimate mark of maturity is when you learn to delay gratification. You ever notice that little children don't know the difference between no and not yet? I want it now. They don't know patience. They don't know that not yet doesn't mean no. But anybody who's going to make anything of themselves on this planet has to learn delayed gratification. 
You just got to learn that. It's critical. Olympic athlete delays gratification, right? They don't eat certain foods. They spend hours in a pool. They do all these disciplined things. It's been said that successful people, hear me on this, successful people are just normal people who are willing to discipline themselves in ways that unsuccessful people are not. So rather than sitting down watching TV, they get up and they study that book or practice that instrument or, or make that sale, whatever. They have learned the ability to delay gratification. And yet everything in our society tries to get us not to do that, right? Over in Hebrews 11, talking about the great heroes of the faith, Abraham, Moses, all those guys, it says that they put off temporary gratification for better rewards. Look at this. It says if they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Good things can distract you in life. Let me say that again. Good things can distract you in life. So go after the better things. I mean, you can give your life away for a hobby. That's not why God put you on this earth, though. You can give your life away to climb the ladder of success. That's not why God put you here. You can give your life away for pleasure or fame or, or travel or all kinds of stuff. It's not bad in and of itself. It's just not meant to be first in your life. It's not why you're here. So don't be distracted in life. Don't be distracted by the good things even, by the temptations of life. Second, don't be discouraged by trouble. You know, when you live in light of eternity, in light of heaven, trouble then suddenly doesn't bother you as much anymore. You just learn to press on. You learn to not give up. Look at what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18. He says, that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small, and won't last very long. Let me tell you, the guy who wrote this had been persecuted and shipwrecked and put in prison. He had gone without food and clothing. One time he was beaten and left for dead. And what does he call these folks? What kind of troubles? Small troubles. Wow. See, it's all a matter of perspective, isn't it? He says, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. You know, I don't know what trouble you may be going through right now, but I will tell you this, it's not gonna last. Even if it lasts your entire lifetime, it's not going to last. And the second thing is this, your problem, whatever it is, it doesn't really matter if you caused it or, or somebody else caused it. That's irrelevant. God will still use it to bring about good in your life if you respond well. It'll build your character if you let it. And third, if you persevere, you'll be rewarded in heaven. That's a promise from God. You know, it's sad, but I think a lot of Christians are going to make it to heaven with very few rewards. 
How many of you in here have seen the movie Schindler's List? Raise your hand if you've seen that. Let me see how many people. Okay. If you've seen the movie, you know that at the very end of that movie, there's a poignant scene where Schindler has this conversation and he's thinking about all the things that could have happened if he had just done a little more. Like if only I had spent less money on me and and more time and more money rescuing these Jews who were going to the gas chambers. Like, you know, why didn't I do more when I could have? It made such a huge difference. Friends, I think a lot of us are gonna ask that question one day when we get to heaven. And that leads me to my last point. Focus your energy on what will last. People, focus your energy on what will last. You're not gonna be in heaven for two seconds before you'll be going, man, what was I thinking? Why did I spend so much time trying to impress people or trying to stockpile a bunch of stuff and money here on earth? Like, why didn't I make more time for what mattered the most? Serving God, loving and encouraging people, giving to God's work. I think it's gonna be tough when God shows us all the stuff we could have accomplished if we had just trusted him a little bit more. You know, every second of your life has eternal implications. Every second. Every thought, every attitude, every word, every decision, every sin. God is watching and God is testing. So you need to be asking the question, will this last? I mean, does this deserve my time? Does this deserve my money? Will this last? Colossians 3.2 says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. And that might be a good verse just to set up on your mirror. Colossians 3.2, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. The Bible says one day, all of us who are Christians, we're gonna stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's gonna dole out rewards. It's called the Bema Seat Judgment. And it's where God says, here's what I'm gonna give you for what you did. Remember that time over here when you did that? Here's a reward. That time you thought that, that time you said that. That time over there where you were kind and and nobody noticed, I saw that. That time when you were generous and, and you sacrificed, that missions trip you went on, that person you brought to church, that prayer you prayed, that time you sat with your neighbor and you didn't give up. I was watching it all. And now I'd like to reward you for all eternity. And I think in that moment, we're gonna go, man, why did I do just a a little bit more? I think that's why the apostle Paul once said this. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Like that's where our focus needs to be, the prize in heaven. There's nothing better, people, nothing better. Say, well, how do you know that, Brian? (laughs) Because God promised it. My God does not and cannot lie. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Let's pray. Lord, it's so encouraging to think about heaven. And right now, I just want to give an opportunity because maybe there are individuals here today or watching online and and you're not 100% sure that if you were to die in this moment, you would be with Jesus, but you want to be. There's nothing you have to do, absolutely nothing, except put your faith in him. And I would just encourage you right now in the quietness of your heart just to say, Jesus, I'm, I'm done trusting in myself. I'm done. I can't do it. I'm not good enough. Heaven's perfect and I'm not. You're holy and I'm not. But I believe 
Jesus did it for me. Jesus died for my sins. And I believe that when he promises forgiveness and eternal life, all I have to do is trust in him for it, and I'll be saved. And so I'm doing that right now. Jesus, I am trusting in you. Lord, for all of us here who have that relationship with you, I pray that we would get pumped about heaven, excited about the reunion with our loved ones, uh, just stoked about the rewards and the goodness you want to pour out on us, encouraged about the responsibilities that heaven's not going to be boring. We're going to be doing all the kinds of stuff that we love, that you created us to love and to do. And there's going to be rest because we're not going to be under the burden of sin. Everything we do is going to be joyous. God, help us to fix our minds on that. Protect us from being distracted by temptation, even things that are good but aren't the best. When trouble comes our way, help us to realize, hey, it's only for a season. It's short. It's momentary. And God, help us in in all things to focus our energy on what will last. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all that you've penned in this book about that glorious day in the future. And we can't wait for that day to be with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you have maybe a prayer concern, a prayer need, or even a praise, and you'd like to talk with somebody about that, we're going to have some volunteers on either side up front here. They'd be happy to pray with you. Otherwise, you guys go and have a wonderful week in the Lord.